Welcome everybody to Spirituality Adventures. This is a non-judgmental place to explore spirituality, and we're so glad you're here. This is a viewer and listener supported podcast, so we greatly appreciate your support. If you're watching on YouTube, be sure and subscribe to my YouTube channel. Be sure and like, share, and subscribe to any of the social media content platforms that you're using. And then if you go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com, you can make a one-time donation or with a monthly subscription, you'll gain access to our bonus content. We greatly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Hey folks, good to see you. I want to welcome you to these Christmas devotions that I'm doing between now and Christmas Day. This is the third one, so you can go back on my Facebook feed and check out the first two that I did. We're looking at some of the passages from Matthew's gospel on the Christmas story. Now, you know, for me as a kid, Christmas was always a season to get excited about. I loved presents. I loved getting out of school. I loved the snow that we used to get at Christmas time. And it was just kind of a season of magic and wonder, and I always looked forward to it. Even as I was a young pastor, you know, I hadn't experienced a lot of heartache or sadness or suffering and and kind of just always went into the Christmas season with a lot of joy, magic, wonder, anticipation, love celebrating the birth of Jesus and the miraculous stories around the birth of Jesus. But the longer I pastored, it was really interesting, and, and the larger our church grew, the more I realized how many people actually have a difficult time through the Christmas season, you know. Uh, there are people who have lost loved ones, lost spouses, lost friends, lost kids. They've lost jobs. They've just, they, they maybe have just gone through a, a big losses. Maybe they have challenges in their family. Their family doesn't get along. And so actually the holiday season can be really, really difficult. And so we actually know that there's this seasonal affective disorder that not only comes with the holiday seasons, but also the shorter days. You know, these short days, longer night, and um, and then people can be suffering from losses and the holidays remind them of losses. So there's a lot of people that kind of suffer in silence. And, you know, the last three years have been so challenging for me. I can certainly relate to that now more than ever with people. And, and so what's, what's fascinating to me is that so many times in the Christmas story, what we do is we, we fill it full of shepherds and wise men and gifts and, you know, music and hark the herald angels sing, all these kind of, uh, exciting, warm, fuzzy feelings around Christmas time. And yet sometimes when we're telling the Christmas story, we fail to realize how difficult it really, really was. I mean, think about Mary, a young teenager, engaged to Joseph and has to try to sell Joseph on the story that the Holy Spirit has impregnated her. And, uh, you know, Joseph didn't believe her. He, he had to have a dream with an angel speaking to him for him to, to buy into that. You know, you know, as they told that story, um, in small town Bethlehem where they were staying. Uh, you know, it, small towns like to kind of whisper, like to gossip a little bit. Can you imagine, like, did you hear what Mary's telling Joseph? And then Joseph's believing her. And, 
you know, people didn't believe that story. And so there was this air of illegitimacy around the birth of Jesus. We talked about that in the first uh, installment of this devotion. And so um, it was a challenging time. And then here's the other thing. When the wise men visited, remember that they stopped by Jerusalem and spoke to Herod. Now, Herod, you got to remember, was not Jewish. He was installed. He was an Idumean. He was not a Judean and not a Jew. He was he was the king put in charge to rule over the Jews by the Roman government, who were the oppressors of the Jewish people. All right. So when the wise men stop by Herod and say, Herod, hey, we're we're coming to see the king of the Jews. What did that do to Herod? It alarmed Herod. It like threatened him like king of the Jews. That's treason. I'm going to kill that guy. Right. So Herod immediately is alarmed and goes into I'm going to kill this king who's trying to challenge, even if it was a baby. <laughs> and so um, so in Matthew's Christmas story, starting in the second chapter, when the wise men come, and then in verse 13, Matthew chapter 2, verse 13, the wise men leave. And after that, we have this really, really dark part of the Christmas story where Herod puts out a hit, like wants to kill all of the First, the, the boys that were born in Bethlehem during this time period to try to put to death this potential king of the Jews. So this was actually a time of mourning. And the only reason why Mary and Joseph escaped that is because Joseph had a dream. And in the dream, Joseph was directed to flee to Egypt. Now, what's so amazing about this is that Matthew is trying to present Jesus as the new Moses, presenting the new Torah, the Sermon on the Mount, from the new Sinai, where Jesus delivered the Sermon on the Mount. And he's tying in all of these parallels to Moses and to the Torah. Remember, the Torah is the first five books of the Hebrew Bible, Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And notice all the fives in this. There were five women mentioned in the genealogy of Jesus and Matthew, including Mary. There were five dreams that Joseph is going to have. And remember, Joseph was the dreamer in the Genesis story. So now Joseph, the the, uh, the father of Jesus, is, is now a dreamer. He has five dreams. And there's five prophecies, five, five, five. And then Matthew divides up his gospel into five major discourses. So the five, five, five is the pattern of the Torah, five books of the Torah. So Jesus is the new Moses. He's bringing a new Torah and he's bringing it from the new Sinai. But it's so fascinating that he flees Herod, who is like Pharaoh. Remember when Moses was born, if you look at Exodus chapter one and two, the Pharaoh had put out a hit on all the Hebrew children because they were they were too many of them. And so right at the time when Moses was born, the Pharaoh tries to kill all of the firstborn Jewish boys in Egypt. Now Herod is doing that when Jesus is born. You see the parallel between Moses's birth and Jesus' birth. Now Jesus is going to flee. The angel tells Joseph to flee to Egypt and remember, Moses led the people out of Egypt. He's going to deliver the people from slavery and bondage. So now Jesus is going to reverse course, 
flee from Herod, who is like the Pharaoh, just put out a hit on the young boys, and he flees to Egypt. And so if you look at the prophecies that are going to come out, number one is a prophecy from Hosea chapter one, who says that his son will come out of Egypt. So it's connecting him to most. So Jesus is going to flee to Egypt, but then he's going to come out of Egypt as the new deliverer, the, the one who would bring new hope and new joy and help people come and be set free from bondage and slavery to other types of things, not just physical slavery. All right. And then we see another prophecy from Jeremiah, Jeremiah chapter 31, verse five, where it talks about verse 18, a cry was heard in Ramah, weeping and great mourning. Rachel weeps for her children, refusing to be comforted for they are dead. And so all the mothers that are weeping when Herod puts out this hit on the first on the, on the boys that were born in and around Bethlehem. This is a small town, so it wasn't like hundreds. It was probably a dozen or more. But these women are weeping. And this prophecy of Jeremiah is a prophecy of when Rachel was weeping over Benjamin and Joseph back in Genesis. It's also a place, Ramah, where the people that were sent to Babylonian exile passed and the women were reaping. So Rachel kind of becomes symbolic of all the mothers that have wept, that have suffered, that have lost their children or the, or the children's lives have been threatened. So she represents mourning and sorrow and even suffering in this time when Jesus was born. So a lot of times we forget that there's these dark themes that were circulating around the Christmas story, and we don't always highlight those. But I like to bring that to our attention because so many times if we're dealing with darkness or depression or a sense of loss, uh, where we're grieving and everybody else is celebrating, it can be a real challenging kind of time. And yet, the Christmas story has a word to all people who are suffering and even suffering in silence and even going through difficult times, even people who have a hard time through this Christmas season. You know, I might encourage you just to share this message with friends that you know that might be going through a difficult Christmas season right now. Because, because ultimately Jesus comes to bring light. You know, we, we, we light these Advent candles during this season. And it's a beautiful reminder that Jesus is the light of the world and he, he brings light into the darkness. When we receive the very light of Jesus and, and take in his life and his peace and his joy, then we can actually bring joy as a disposition to the circumstances that we're in because we've taken time to receive the presence of God that comes even in the midst of darkness. You know, I found that um, sharing my struggles with other fellow strugglers is one of the most powerful things that I can do. If I'm in a dark place and I share like with my sponsor, if I share with a close friend, or if I share with a support group, the things that I'm wrestling with and the things that are going on inside my soul, there's something about sharing and getting that out of the darkness inside my own heart that brings it into the light of people who love me, who care for me, who listen to me, who support me, who carry me in their hearts. This is a beautiful thing. And 
And so in this time of this holiday season, Jesus can come and bring warmth into our very soul. Stop, pause, meditate, think on this, this amazing story and how, how Jesus comes to bring light and peace and joy, even in the midst of these dark days. So then the dream comes again to Joseph while they're in Egypt. So Mary, Jesus, and Joseph are in Egypt. And finally, Herod dies, and then the dream comes, and they bring Jesus out of Egypt now, like the new deliverer who's going to bring joy, hope, and peace. And then ultimately, the, the, the next prophecy is to go back to Nazareth. So they don't go back to Bethlehem and so, but they go back to the hometown, Nazareth. Now, Nazareth can mean branch, Isaiah 11, 1, where, where, where Jesus is like the branch from the lineage of David, the messianic lineage. But, but Nazareth is also kind of a little podunk town. It's not the center. It's not Jerusalem. It's not the capital city. It's not like a, you know, sexy New York or LA or any of the big cities, but this is a little kind of backward town. And it's so fascinating to me that Jesus goes back to those places and he's going to reach people who are on the fringes. Jesus is going to reach out to the marginalized, to the broken, to the outcast, to the sick, to the refugee, to the immigrant, to the stranger. Those are the strangers. He's going to reach out to the prisoner. He's going to reach out to the tax collectors and the sinners, which were the irreligious people or the immoral people or the people who just didn't quite fit in anywhere, the marginalized, on the outskirts. These are the people that Jesus came to reach. Jesus came to bring light into the dark places. So as we continue in this season of Advent, uh, the, the lighting of the third candle is the candle of joy. You know, sometimes there can be external circumstances that bring us great joy, and that's beautiful. But sometimes our circumstances can bring us deep sorrow. And joy comes as a disposition that we bring to the circumstance. As we allow our hearts to be filled with love and filled with an awareness of the gift of life, filled with an awareness of the gift of light that resides in us through Jesus, then we can bring a disposition of joy, even to difficult circumstances. And so as we light the third candle in this Advent scene, we light the candle of joy. So we've lit the candle of hope, the candle of peace, and the candle of joy. The Hebrew prophet foretold, prophets foretold the coming of Jesus, the Messiah, you know, hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. This message of the coming Messiah brought great hope, peace, and joy to people who were oppressed, who were going through dark days. As the coming of Jesus, our Savior, draws near, our joy builds with our anticipation of his birth. The prophet Isaiah spoke in Isaiah 65, 18 and 19. Be glad, rejoice forever in my creation. And look, I will create Jerusalem as a place of happiness. Her people will be a source of joy. 
I will rejoice over Jerusalem and delight in my people. Jesus said in John 15, I have told you these things so that you may be filled with joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This is my commandment. Love each other in the same way I have loved you. There is no greater love than to lay down one's life for a friend. So this is how we can be a source of joy and comfort and peace through the love of Jesus and through the love of the people around us. Be, be mindful of who's around you, of who might be silently suffering through this holiday. Realize that you can bring a gift of joy, a gift of love, a gift of understanding, a gift of listening, a gift of inclusion. You can include those that are broken, marginalized. You can reach out and love to those. And, and through this kind of love, that's where really joy comes from. I think joy really sources deeply from our hearts when we're fully aware that God loves us, that our hearts can be filled with the very love of God, and that we can share that love. And Jesus is all about that, bringing joy through this great love and devotion to one another. So let's take just a moment of prayer as we continue to reflect on this season of Advent and prepare our hearts for the coming of Jesus as we approach Christmas Day. Let's pray. God, we joyfully come before you today. We're thankful for the fulfillment of your promise of Jesus and what his life and light means to us. We want to follow his example of love and of self-giving sacrifice to those around him and how he radically loved and included and showed grace to those at the margin, to the outcast, to those in dark places, to those who were struggling with mental health and to those who were sick and oppressed. And so we thank you for that gift of love and joy and peace that you bring this Christmas season. Create in us anew a heart of expectation as we wait and help us see your glory in these places that we don't normally always think about your presence in these places of maybe illegitimacy and darkness and sorrow. And yet that's, that's where you come to bring light and love and life. And so we thank you for that. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. And thanks for uh, joining on this uh, Facebook Live. You can share it with your friends. And I encourage you, uh, if, if you think about supporting Spirituality Adventures, you can go to the website, spiritualityadventures.com, and the support page. And I would greatly appreciate it if you would jump on our support team and consider being either a monthly donor or a year-end donor. We, we greatly appreciate that. And Lord bless you. We'll be coming back with... Uh, Two more devotions, one prior to Christmas Day and then Christmas Day. So God bless you. Have a great Christmas season. Go in his love and peace. This concludes today's episode. Thanks for tuning in and listening. Remember, if you're watching on YouTube, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Remember to like, share, or subscribe to the social media platform that you're using. And then 
go to our website, spiritualityadventures.com and make a one-time donation, or you can subscribe monthly and receive our special bonus content. Thanks so much.